Hi, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Today, we'll be discussing how to create feminist-relevant convention panels. My name is Caitlin, and I'm a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, as well as writing for The Daily Dot and my own blog, I Have a Heroin Problem. I'm joined today by Megan De- Megan DeGarman, Zach Wheat, and Rini, who only has one name. My name is Megan. I've been doing manga reviews on my own blog, The Manga Test Drive, for... God, it's coming up in like seven, eight years now. Uh, I also have a side blog, Renaissance Jose, where I do other articles and features and whatnot. I've written for Anime Feminist a couple of times, although it's been a couple of years. And most recently, I did three panels and co-hosted one with Caitlin at SakuraCon, including Shoujo Manga's Last Generation and the Jose Renaissance. Hi, everybody. I'm Rennie. Um... I've been doing panels for about, I think, two years now. Like three years if you count this one? Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of cosplay, a lot of like visual art. Like The dream is to make my own comic book at some point, but we'll see where that goes. Um, and right now we are kind of pitching some more panels. Um, our biggest one has been the JoJo one that I'm sure people have known about. Um, but it's been really cool to do that. Uh, I'm Zach. Uh, I, uh, I, I do some video production. I do a lot of writing on the side. Uh, we are two-thirds of the panelists for Lipstick and Superpowers, the femininity of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, where we come to an approach with the really popular franchise that we, we kind of wished more people would come to, and we decided to charge conventions for the privilege of us talking about it for an hour. <laughs> Um, so for some background, I actually, uh, for our listeners, I actually got to know Zach and Rennie through, uh, through that panel. Um, literally after the panel, uh, I, w- I was sitting in the panel. I was like, this is amazing. Aww. Um, and then afterwards I came up, I'm like, I should get them to pitch for Annie Femme. And they still haven't written for Annie Femme, but now we're friends. <laughs> so. This is something that, I, that I'm certain we will touch upon as we move forward. But, and you've been super sweet about this, is I just keep going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if the internet needs more white dudes with hot takes. But yeah, no. So panels uh for a lot of people they are not an integral part of the convention experience which i think is really unfortunate because i love panels i love doing them i love going to them i love learning about things and they are generally more thoughtful than uh what you get at a lot of guest q a's where people go up and they're like so how do you become a voice actor yeah. Uh, my, my question is more of a comment. <laughs> uh, could you recite this line I really, really like? Oh, yeah. Uh, can I record you for my voicemail? Uh, <laughs> it's, it, so, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of the best part of conventions are panels. It's so funny because for me, that's not necessarily been like the worst part, but it's been the part I've been least interested in. So becoming a panelist is really funny. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating, uh, really. And I'm certain we're all going to sort of discuss, like, why we like them and how we got into it. Uh, but before ours, panels were never a big deal about conventions to us. And it's really uh, interesting how that's turned around and they've become such a focal point of our convention experience. Uh, pretty much for that exact reason, that it's you, you it's, it can lead to very focused perspectives, very interesting arguments. Uh, Caitlin, I think a lot of the stuff you do with shoujo manga is just brilliant, uh, and it sucks that Otakon has not worked out in such a fashion that we can attend yours yet. Uh, and I think it adds so much value to, to the programming and to the nature of these conventions that it, it is funny now to reflect on when I was on the other side of it. And it was that thing occupying most of the rooms while I was uh, doing a photo shoot somewhere. My experience is closer to Caitlin's in that panels are kind of the big thing I do at cons. Maybe this is just reflective of the fact that I didn't start going into cons until I was in my 30s. So mm-hmm. I was thinking it might it might be partially an age thing because I'm not sure exactly how old you two are, but I'm pretty sure like Zach and Rennie, you are younger than me and Megan. Are um, we? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think so. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm 28. 
Okay, yeah, you are you are younger. Um, I'm 31. Megan is you're 35. 35. Um, I'm baby. And so I know that like for younger people going to going and sitting in a panel room when there's all these sights and sounds, and also you two are in you know really into cosplay, um, which adds a whole other dimension of uh, conventions. And I used to be more into cosplay, but not as much anymore because. It's an expensive hobby. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, conventions are like totally what you get. They're totally what you're into. Um, and the educational aspect is really appealing to me. Um, cause, cause I'm old. <laughs> and <laughs> but you're a teacher too, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a preschool teacher. Um, Those kids gotta know a little about different. So similar tone to college students as someone who who works administration in higher education. Uh, you need to wrangle <laughs> them similarly. Yeah, I'm also I'm also a nerd who really enjoyed college. Oh wow, so. man, man, you are a nerd. <laughs> oh, oh, same here. Although my background is more in, um. Um, museum related fields my minor is actually in museum studies so i've done oh, wow. a lot of like interpretive stuff for like the park service so this sort of thing comes naturally to me that's really interesting mm-hmm. that's well i know like like rena you've expressed for so long how much you just love the act of learning yeah and i think there's that crossover in this field that's that's that shouldn't be understated yeah, absolutely. Like I've I've learned some really cool stuff from going to panels, and I hope people learn things when I when they go to mine. Um, and it's um, really like self like it's very so so like self directed, self researched, um, which has always you know been my jam. And it is you can do a panel on a topic that you're passionate about and that you think other people should be should learn about um it's not just like a curriculum which is why um we are talking today in particular to make this podcast episode relevant for uh relevant (laughs) to the (laughs) website uh feminist relevant panels which to be fair covers pretty much all of the panels that all of us have done um i don't think i've mentioned the panels that i've done um, which include uh, abusive relationships in shoujo manga, uh, the uh, isekai panel that I I've done with Megan. I've done yeah fe- yeah female anime directors. Um, I've done uh, what I call first called is this feminist or not, um, and then this last soccer con I changed it to anime feminist 101 just to give it a chance to talk more about um the website as well as sort of the act of uh the the act of criticism uh I did child development in anime for the first time this year it I was think really a couple... good thank you I think there's a couple that I'm forgetting um but for me, doing feminist-relevant topics just kind of came naturally because that is what I'm excited about and passionate about. I'm passionate about, like, shoujo manga. Um, I'm passionate about women and their voices. Um, I would argue that child development is a feminist-relevant topic because yeah. it is a traditionally female field. But, like, you know, I, I'm a preschool teacher. Like, I know about child development. So it's like, what are these things that I know about that I think would be interesting and useful to other people and that uh, I want to share? And, of course, like, doing topics focused on women tended to be uh, just sort of sprang naturally from that. So, y'all, we're going to be straight up honest our panel was motivated by by mostly two factors the first thing was that we had spent actually three hours talking about what our panel is about just amongst us 
after like watching an episode of yeah Joe. yeah it's every single time we would watch an episode we would talk to to craig my brother uh, uh about it because he's the dude who got us into it in the first place oh he's your brother yeah, yeah he is he is he is oh you guys don't look alike at all i know he actually i look a lot like my dad he looks a lot like my mom and there's very little crossover between but it's part of why we've had friends for like a couple of years that just found out they were brothers like last year yeah exactly and we don't advertise it in the panel just for whatever reason it's it's part of why our rapport is so good uh and we would talk to him about it and we would have these long 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 discussions uh and it, and it became apparent when because we have a few friends who, who do panels as well uh that this was definitely something we could construct uh and the second reason which definitely uh kind of headed uh, put my butt in the seat uh, on Otakon's panel registration site um Otakon's expensive y'all <laughs> Otakon's expensive, y'all. Uh, and we were like, man, you know what? We really love the series. We think we can really uh, uh, dig into it. And I like my background is is film and media criticism. Uh, Craig is hugely passionate, knows the series back from, backwards from forward. Rena has a lot of experience with design work, with character design work, uh, comes to it from this very artistic perspective that I just can't. And we thought we were perfect for this, but we also thought we would love to not pay for our badges. <laughs> That's always helpful because a lot of cons will compensate you if you do like three or four hours worth of panels. Yeah, listen, well, most cons you only have to do one. Soccer Con is the one that wants that much. And I'll be real, that's the reason I started doing so many panels every year. Is because, <laughs> is because Soccer Con's like, you have to do three hours of programming. And I'm like, okay, I think I can come up with three hours of ideas. And the first time I did it, one of them was a disaster. But it's You have okay. a heck of a, a resume. That's why I have so many, is because Soccer Con is very demanding. That's like amazing. All, not all cons compensate for all panelists, but Otakon is one of those who do. I think they treat their panelists quite well, actually. Yeah. I, I think that's really worth noting. It's at least in the experience we've had. I think Otakon's actually quite good to their panelists, particularly like Otakon DC. They are. The trick is getting a panel in. Yeah. Um, I think East Coast convention culture is definitely more panel oriented. Um, Someone, I don't remember who, but I can't take credit for this idea. Uh, their theory was that it was because all the college is there. So, like, you get colleges, like, college students coming and, like, you know, people who have those, like, fancy East Coast college educations. Um, and so that's just sort of something that sprung naturally from it. I don't know if there's any accuracy to it. It also has a lot more, like, big name per uh, panel personalities there's a tongue twister <laughs> um like mike tool oh um, yeah like the awo people yeah awo they do a lot of panels and otakon is extraordinarily good to their panelists soccer con you get nothing you get a free badge if you're you know if you do three hours and then that's it like there's no like special lounge there's not even a like a press a press area or anything like there's a small press area that's like three people with laptops oh Otakon um, has like coffee set up and like mm -hmm. snacks breakfast. they have breakfast what have we been doing not getting up in time for <laughs> breakfast at a convention oh man well, <laughs> ever welcome to chatty af where we advertise Otakon for like 20 minutes <laughs> Oh, listen, I have my own beefs with Otakon. Yeah. Um, but how they treat panels is not one of, panelists is not uh, one of them. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the, the epilogue to that story is uh, last weekend was Anime Boston, and we were fortunate mm -hmm. enough to run the panel there, too, um, at 10.30 p.m., which brings a very interesting flavor <laughs> to, to an otherwise <laughs> PG-13 panel. Um, that's and the last time we ran it was like friggin' 9 a.m. on a Sunday at Otakon, and Caitlin, you still came out. I was there. I too. dragged people. You to were there it too? too. Oh my god. She dragged me. <laughs> Thank you so much for being dragged. I could I not get, get Jared there. Oh, I, really, <laughs> I really want to meet Jared. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we got out of our Anime Boston panel, and uh, and we were talking with Craig, and he and he just went, man, I don't even really care about the badge anymore. I really don't. I just kind of love doing this. I just kind of love doing this. And it's it's such a conversation, uh, more so than, than like writing a blog post or something, which I think is intensely valuable. 
but this this creates a back and forth in a really meaningful way i think absolutely um a lot of experienced panelists will say don't do q and a don't like make sure that you fill up the entire time um but because of the nature of my panels i really value discussion and sometimes the discussion is just like oh my god no that's I... not <laughs> <laughs> um, i think i don't agree with that just because I like having Q&A just like you said like and there are a lot of in, in our case like there's a lot of Jojo fans who have lots of opinions who who want to either add to our panel or like ask us how we felt about something we didn't bring up um, I think taking questions in the middle of our panel would probably not be conducive oh. to what, our, what we were doing. No you oh. need no. a flow you have to have that yeah. flow going uh, a friend of ours was running a really, really cool sounding Castlevania panel. Uh, oh my god! And uh, and made them the the amateur mistake of allowing questions mid panel, uh, and so and and this was very early in the morning, so I just slept through it because I'm a, a bad person. Uh, <laughs> but everyone I know who went was like, yeah. So pretty much every five minutes there was a well actually from a guy in the crowd. Oh, oh God! I I had been sitting in the crowd. Um, it's just her by herself up on the stage presenting really cool gothic architecture, and some dude would raise his hand, and she, being a sweet person, would answer him, and he would correct her, and that would be the panel. <laughs> um, and I, at this point, got so fed up that I turned to him and went, "Hey, can you stop correcting the panelist? I'm here to learn something." <laughs> So Thank that, you. So that is why you save the Q&A till the end. Uh, as for me, most of my stuff is not necessarily the most conductive to Q&A stuff. but No, you do more like uh, historical research sort of stuff. Yeah, mine are more lectures, more or less. But That's cool there can heck. still be good conversation, good Q&A stuff afterwards. Just people ask me about ephemeral things uh particularly with the uh the jose panel i did recently there was a lot of good conversation about like where can i find stuff uh does this cross over to light novels that sort of thing hmm. uh, i wish i could have gone i mean i saw it before but that sounds like a fun discussion no that's super cool are you thinking of running that at otakon again yes i've submitted it along with shoujo manga's lost generation which is about shoujo manga in the 1950s and 60s so here's hoping <sighs> yeah i can't do otakon this year spending all my money on getting married you can't oh we're gonna miss you getting married oh, instead know, of going to like an mad. anime convention yeah what are you doing i know it's, i've sold out <laughs> <laughs> um so in terms of like like choosing the subject matter for our panel i i i think something that that resonated with us was like uh, hey you know like like rena rena and i are feminists uh i'm pretty sure craig is which just he he believes in equality and we've never gone hey craig do you have this label uh <laughs> but it's but we are and that and that informs the way we consume media it's it's always going to because all art has a perspective and I think, you know, Caitlin, you've said on other podcasts that asking just broadly, is this feminist is, is sort of like, basically, I don't mean to be reductive, but kind of like a facile argument. And I agree. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think Jojo is feminist. Uh, I've gotten into such arguments with some of several different people, including certain anti-fem staffers. No way. Um, about like gender in jojo um mm. never arguing that it's feminist but just like no it's not just no yukiko is amazing actually <laughs> um. so i i just think about it and you know because because there are the various lenses of film theory and there we get into the stuff that that i'm really trained in and i'm very lucky to be educated in and uh feminist theory is not applied regularly i think you know not not to like butter anyone up but we could use a hundred more sites like anifem because this is is not a regularly applied lens to the discussion and mm -hmm. we felt Absolutely. that there was worth in that with jojo and uh and we've been able to mine a lot out of it as far as uh feminism and my panel work again it wasn't something i necessarily did intentionally it's just I really wanted more panels about manga-related stuff, 
And when it is present, and that is not a guarantee at a lot of cons, it tends to focus a lot more on like the big name shonen manga of the day. And very quickly I determined, well, if I want to see this content, I'm going to have to make this content. And it just so happens that a lot of my interest is in uh, shoujo and jose manga and similar sorts of things. Hmm. It's almost like when you look at what's available and you say, what can I do that's not as available? Feminism just kind of, uh, talking about women, <laughs> just kind of springs up. It's almost like people don't. <laughs> I know, it's weird. Like, yeah. slightly <laughs> related, but not in regards to panel. But for the very first time at AB this year, there was an artist who had charms for shoujo manga I really love. It was... The first time I'd ever seen this, she had just a collection of, like, shoujo manga couples. She had some from, like, Arena Tanimura, like, Fruits Basket, stuff like that. And I was like, oh my god, I have never seen shoujo manga merch in the artist alley before. (laughs) (laughs) People who make shoujo manga merchandise are blessed. I love them. There was somebody at SoccerCon who was making Yona charms, and they had all the boys. And I was like, yes, you are awesome. Ugh. But this is super worthwhile, right? Because that's all of us have seen in various ways from what's being sold in artist alleys to just what's in the programming, that feminist conversations are not going to be there unless we put them there. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Well, and I, part of what I started doing, um, the feminism, the uh, is this feminist or not? Um, I was really tired of because even then, feminist conversation, like, it it can be, like, like you said, Zach, to, it can easily, very easily be, like, very facile and very shallow. Um, and I was very tired of seeing on convention programs, first of all, magic, Magical Girls and Feminism was on, like, was at every convention I went to for, like, three years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, Every single one, I was like, okay, we need to have a different conversation. <laughs> we need to talk about something else. <laughs> um, or just, like, generic um, anime and feminist ones that are like, well, you know, shows that have a lot of girls are good. <laughs> um, and they are, or, but... I mean, they are. <laughs> but there's, they, you know, that that is not the, like, it is very, like, basic level, like, uh, it's not going to lead to a lot of interesting thought and discussion. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, how can we, how can I sort of take people by the hand and lead them to this, to where they can um, sort of start having the more in-depth conversations? Um, and that ended up turning into the is this feminist or not panel uh which to be fair i think i've told you guys all this story before was i did not know the format until the day i did it yeah (laughs) i literally woke up um woke up in the morning because it was soccer con so i was commuting and i said i really need to get this panel put together i really need to know what i'm actually going to get up there and say (laughs) And so I sat down and I put it together and I went, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And then I went to the convention and it actually uh, was amazing. And people tell like, I literally ran into someone uh, just in my neighborhood and she was familiar. She looked familiar and like, I realized she had been talked to me after that panel and I was like oh this is where I know you from and she's like that panel changed how I thought of media oh my god I was just like I was just like oh my god um I literally just threw that together (laughs) (laughs) I always marvel at the people who can do that because that is not my style when it comes to putting together panels. I am very, very careful. I start doing this stuff months in advance. I'm usually out at the library looking up books and websites and whatnot. And then I start putting things together. 
putting it together overnight would just probably break my brain. Oh my god, I'd be so stressed out. It is stressful. I bet it's you, well, extremely stressful. You, I will note you did not say, and I was very relaxed about this entire endeavor. <laughs> no, I was, I was so like free. I was freaking out constantly for like two weeks, just like, what am I gonna do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, but I am the sort of person who I start started my big papers at 10 p.m. the night before they were due in college, and then would get an A. Um. Everyone says, oh, I work best under pressure. Amazing. That's a very common thing for people to say. But it really, like, it really can be true for me. Now I can't do that very much because I'm old and I need to sleep. <laughs> um, how many times can I call myself old on this podcast? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think for us, it was kind of a mix of both. Um, so the, the beauty in being in the relationship that we're in is that Zach is very organized and I'm not. Oh my God. Um, so like I, I was kind of the like idea person, uh, and, and Zach and Craig were kind of the execution people. Um, and what was fun about it was that we were like, yeah, we could do a panel on Jojo. Let's just submit it. We'll sort it out later. And then we did. And then we got accepted. And then we were like, oh. Oh, no. (laughs) We have to sort it out now. (laughs) Oh, no. Who's opened Google Slides before? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for us, it was, uh, you know, upon getting accepted, we're like, oh, this is this is it. Okay, let's let's actually get down and do it. Um, And even then, we still took longer than I than I think we would have all liked. Um, But from there, I think we kind of picked up a couple of things that we really wanted to talk about. So I personally really wanted to talk about character design and like just the art style evolving. Um, like Zach and Craig wanted to talk about kind of like the more nuanced motivations between the characters and what mattered to them. Uh, and what's great about doing a panel on an ongoing TV show is that just watching it is part of the research. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I... The prep for ours was interesting because, and, and I'm really curious about how you navigated this, Caitlin. For us, we knew we were, or we're pretty certain, we were arguing something that we didn't see argued a lot, or at least not in a structured fashion. And it definitely wasn't making its way to cons if people were talking about it. And we knew that we can absolutely take a, you're doing JoJo wrong approach. Uh, but that sucks. That sucks. That's not the tone that we want to do. We uh, we worked really, really hard in all of our rehearsals and in all of our writing and the structuring of it to have it be this. This is a way we love Jojo and we would love for you to love it this way, too. And I'm really curious about how when you were structuring yours, knowing there was this void that you needed to fill, how you kind of balanced the tone of what you were working on. Right. Well, one thing I did get with especially with the abuse in shoujo one was i got some pushback with people saying that um by presenting this argument by presenting the argument that showed like depicting abusive relationships as romantic in media aimed at young women i was a singling out media aimed at girls why am i not talking about shonen and oh my god you know all the (laughs) other things um b um blaming girls who for getting into I was victim blaming by saying that they this happened because they read the wrong kind of media boy um, oh, gosh. yeah um so like I I got like a fair amount of pushback on it um because and so I had to really like in the first time I did it I posted the transcripts and I got some feedback and some people were very rude about it um <laughs> did you feel that that was I, I, because of the transcripts or because of like the overall subject uh both different ones um there was one where i called uh and i don't script my panels ahead of time i have an outline and about of what i'm going to talk about and it was literally like the second panel i had done in like 10 years um because i did one panel when i was 16 and then like nothing for a long time and then I did one, the one before it was a disaster, and that was the only time I did that one. Um, and then I did that one, so I was really nervous. Um, and so I was not, like, I, I called, like, 
expressed sexual organs or something and someone got really mad at me at me about that one Hmm. um because they're they're not fair they're not um so i was kind of like but you know so like that was some of the feedback that i got and like i said some of it was valuable some of it wasn't um so i i had to think of a way of addressing addressing these things in a way that so that i was not coming across as judgy um or like i was blaming the series or that i was saying like this is bad and you should not read it right yeah Mm -hmm. because like listen i don't love i don't like a lot of the series i was talking about like because I view it through that lens. I view it through the lens of this is a really abusive relationship. But some people, like, they like reading about this stuff. And I have to admit, it is compelling reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Speaking as someone who has read Hot Gimmick cover to cover, I totally understand. Oh yeah, my god. I have, I have not, I don't like Hot Gimmick. But if I pick it up, I can't stop reading I it. Know. I know. It, it's just, like, uh, I've explained this to Zach before where, like, especially in Hot Gimmick's case... Everything happening around the main character is awful, but I can't not read it. <laughs> I just need to it's, know what happens. It's right. And this, I mean, and there, there are ones where it's like, I, where I was doing a project with them and it's like, I want to put this down and walk away and never come back. Like my Yushinjo, I do not enjoy her writing. Um, I do not find her as readable as some of the other ones. But, like, listen, when I was checking out a pile of books for my Abuse and Shoujo project that I was doing on Heroin Problem, which I swear to God, I will start again. I just need my life to settle down. Can you please? Uh, I miss those, actually. <laughs> I need. I just need my life to settle down for a little bit because it's been just, like, constant craziness for a year. Because I remember um, you have a pretty regular Maya Shinjo segment, effectively. <laughs> Well, it's because she writes so goddamn much. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all bad. Um, But, like, the first one I would pick up would, half the time, would be Boys Over Flowers. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah. It's it's compelling. um, Midnight Secretary? I did not get to that one. I don't think my library had it. Okay. That's also I, a Jose series. Yeah, that's yeah, also yeah. There's some Jose. stuff to talk about with that. Yeah. Um, I generally, I decided not to cover Jose with it just because Jose tends to be a little bit more complex and it's not aimed at people whose ideas of relationships are still developing. Their unhealthy ideas are already well formed. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Wait. It's real, it's real sexy though. <laughs> right. And bla- like Blackbird, when it was... When it was sexy, it was really sexy. Like, there mm-hmm. were parts where I was like, oh my god. This yes. is actually really hot. Someone's got um, a blood play fetish. Not me. Um, <laughs> no, the <but> author. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. But, That's like, so, so how can I talk about this stuff where it doesn't come across as being judgmental? So I sort of moved from saying, like, hey, instead of reading these things, read these things instead. To saying, like, I understand why people read these. Um, so what can we do to sort of um, address them in a way that does that can sort of mitigate any potential harmful effects that they have on certain kinds of readers. Cause some people can read it and they're like, this is just fantasy or, um, this is like, this is a, this is a safe way to explore unhealthy things. This is interest. Like this is interesting for me to think about in fiction, but I don't really don't want it in real life. You know, there's a different people process fiction in different ways. Um, so how can we take the, the, you know, the 12 year olds, the 13 year olds who don't know anything about real relationships, who had, don't have models for healthy relationships in their lives, um, and like have that conversation with them without telling them, no, don't read this. Like, you know, and the answer I found was like, uh, trying to, for one thing, trying to create a greater, uh, culture towards teaching media literacy. Um, yes, exactly having honest conversations with them um like and talking about the you know talking about it with them without judgment finding like not instead of but in addition to like help trying to help them find stuff with like models of healthy relationships 
Um, and that was sort of how I arrived on it without coming across as judgmental while also including like, um, I've been very fortunate. I have not had any like really abusive romantic relationships in my life. Um, but like including, but like having, including people's voices of people who are like, yeah, no, this, this is what I learned from shoujo manga. This is sort of what was like taught to me as an ideal and it wasn't healthy. Um, and so that was sort of how I tried to address that and try to take all of that into account. And that's probably the thorniest topic that I've done. Um, because like child development in anime, like that's not really a controversial thing. Um, talking about isekai, that's mostly just research. Um, and that one actually came across out of an article that I wrote and then the article was popular. I was like, that could actually make a really interesting thing to talk about at a convention. Um, and then I did it and then I was like, and then I was like, hey, Megan, Megan likes, you know, talking about shoujo manga. I should see if Megan wants to do it with me. Um, so like that's, you know, and that article actually came out of spite of a bad, uh, Goboyano article. Yes. Um, which doesn't exist anymore. They took it down. Cause, um, cause you burned him so hard. I, I, <laughs> I, I would hope so. Um, but <laughs> This what is, was the article but, about? Yeah, this so is rad. It's a powerful. It it was about um, it was about isekai, but it was saying that there was no isekai between this like random obscure '80s series and Inuyasha. Which no, just no, no. just no, no, no. Like whoever wrote that has no idea what they're talking about. Um, and they're a so coward wrote, <laughs> who took their article down. And so I wrote. <clears throat> There's a different Isekai article up now that's more that's more correct, but um so like I wrote I've written a lot of articles out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like that thank you, Goboyano, for give it, for like giving me that panel idea, I guess. That's amazing. That's so weird because a lot of my panels have also come out if they didn't start as article ideas or articles I have pitched, they kind of ended up that way. Because mm -hmm. my first piece for Anifem, the Jose Renaissance, it was only after doing that I realized I could turn this into a panel. Mm. Yeah. These are different ways, like, different ways of reaching different audiences, right? Right. And, and sometimes panels let me expand on the subject a little more than I can in an article, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah, about that. in an article. Yeah, yeah. That, like, doing such... Like, Megan, doing such a really informative, interesting historical perspective on stuff is you, you would think an article would be the ideal place for that. And it sounds like you found a lot of success in doing this in a panel format. Personally, I don't know how I would pull that off. I don't know. It just kind of, I, I've always been kind of a natural know-it-all. So lecturing people <laughs> about history just comes naturally to me. And it's... The history of shoujo manga and jose manga in particular is not something that's widely discussed, jose in particular, but particularly like the older parts of shoujo manga, like the uh, the Magnificent 49ers era or even before that. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know. For a way, it's just, it's just bringing it to a whole nother audience, uh, to one that might not necessarily click on an article about old shoujo manga but hey this is on the panel i'm not doing anything else this looks interesting also i like articles because it allows me to do at least kind of stealth bibliographies to kind of show off my mm -hmm. research because yeah. i do stuff. like to Im embed stuff wherever possible so people can do further reading well i i've definitely seen people do bibliographies for panels totally but most people don't really pay attention to it mm -hmm. yeah because that would end up being I mean, for the most part, probably like a slide at the end with your bibliography yes. while everyone is putting their cosplay back on and leaving the room. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I feel like our panel would be really difficult to turn into an article only because half of the panel is like the jokes between the three of us trying to be content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that could actually be a big thing at a panel, like the dynamic. I mostly do panels solo, so, like, that's not as much of a, a thing for, for me, but, like, you three have uh, a really, like, 
a really strong natural dynamic. And now that I know that Craig is your brother, Zach, uh, I'm even more impressed because God knows if I tried to do a panel with my sister, we would just be fighting and sniping at each other. Oh no! Yeah, no, I'm I'm very fortunate to have the relationship that I that I have with my brother, and you know, and the three of us have a group chat that we're just that we're in every day. Uh, he he actually doesn't live uh, anywhere near Boston up with us, which means that the majority of our rehearsals are uh, in our hotel rooms. Um, and it and it. Through that, I, I think we're able to to find a, a, a kernel of something. We're, we're able to sort of let people in because the the entire perspective we're adopting is we know you see this this way. We want to make you see this a completely different way. And it's not an accident that it's front loaded with jokes uh, because <laughs> I we we want people to be eased into their seats to be with us to to like exactly what we're putting down so that when we get to the you know we're referring to the sculptures that some of these designs are references to you know uh we're 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 bringing up sort of more intricate perspectives on on what the characters want and how that reflects against standards in the genre um by that time if we haven't eased them into their seats using that natural dynamic we have i think we might lose them for me it was also important um because I had been to a couple of panels before and I went to one panel that made me decide that panels suck and I don't <laughs> want to go to panels anymore. And it was... How specific are we able to be about this? I'm going to be very specific. Ah! Um, it, it was a panel a couple of years back and it was about the history of Final Fantasy and it was like, like supposed to be super neat. This panelist apparently did this a couple of times and I love, love, love the Final Fantasy series. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll learn something new. Maybe I'll, like, you know, find out about something really cool that I didn't know about. And I went to this panel um, when I had a front row seat, and I was, like, super excited. And this guy starts the panel with this incredibly monotone voice, and all he goes is, this is Final Fantasy 1. Final Fantasy 1 came out in 19-whatever, and this oh, is what the oof. game is about. And I was like, Oh, he's just talking at me. This is, this is just him telling. It's like going me. to class. At, it's like going to class for. Yeah. Yeah. And and I remember when we decided to put JoJo together, I was like, Hey, I want literally none of that energy in our panel. Yeah, because <laughs> there is that thought, right? That it 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 is a performance. Yeah. It is, uh, and the and you know. It's super important that all of us continue to bring subjects and lenses and perspectives like these to stages in front of audiences at conventions. And yet, at the same time, it's equally on us to to give them a good show, because to a certain extent, we're making people choose between us or the dealer room. Right. 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 And it's, since you're not going to be handing them a degree at the end. Uh, yeah. It has to be intrinsically motivated for them to come. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And it's even um, more important in a lecture style one because you need to keep them engaged with the material. <laughs> and even, you know, my stuff is not necessarily built for like a lot of jokes and memes and that sort of thing. But I still do, you know, I practice things. I try to keep my voice up. I try to keep people engaged. I do make jokes when and where possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just by being because, a witty, you know, entertaining person. Dry history person. is just boring yeah <laughs> um yeah i try to I, I i sort of try to use my uh my natural energy towards it and my kind of like i'm kind of a weird person <laughs> um, <laughs> that works um, though that works right That's a tool so in your like, i have like I have like right like I have like so I have a particular energy and like I I've sort of learned how to use it and I've needed to um, like I've almost needed to get good at improv because of some of the technical issues we've had. Mm -hmm. um, can you mention some of those? Because yeah, get into it when we're talking about horror stories um, or success stories, because I do <laughs> consider them some of them successes. Um, but like I've always had issues with like people not taking me seriously because I am kind of weird and out there and I give I feel I think I kind of give off this air of like 
I don't really know where I am or what I'm doing, <laughs> even though even when I do, um, which has led me to a lot of difficulties, like in like my working life sometimes. Um, but I have kind of learned how to harness that for for panels, um, because if it's a subject that I'm knowledgeable about, that I'm passionate about, that I'm excited to talk about, I can talk a lot, which is another thing that can be a disadvantage or an advantage in <laughs> in real life because I get um, I find a coworker who's like oh yeah I have an interest in anime I'm like really blah 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 and they're like uh <laughs> I watched <laughs> I like Totoro and Naruto heck I'm yeah like, oh uh, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with liking those things but. <laughs> There's so, that like weird like dance where you find out someone has like a similar niche interest and you have to figure out how into it they are compared to you. You also have to figure <laughs> out if they like it in the same way you like it. Mm-hmm. That, exactly. I love so Naruto. I, I hate <laughs> Sakura so much. This, yeah, that's <laughs> I guess this conversation is over, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. 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 I said good day, sir. <laughs> that was a that was a really fun thing that happened when I was first cosplaying Sakura at Otakon and somebody's like, Hey, I hate you and I was like, Wow, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm wearing this costume and now I know I don't have to talk to you <laughs> Good thing we don't ha- I don't have to waste my time on a person like you. Yeah, exactly. Um this kinda touches upon this fear that I think I've held every time we run the panel. Which is, you know, when, when is when is the time? Because I like running it. But when's the time that we're going to get to the Q&A and someone's going to raise their hand and we're going to get to them and they're going to go, I think this is dumb. I think they're beefy. And I luckily have not. To which the natural issue. response is, why are you here then? Yeah. Why yeah. do you yeah. stick and around for an hour to say that? <laughs> that is another good thing about, um, I have done that to someone. Really? Um, yes, but I had a good reason. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I was saying uh, the good reason was that their panel was bad and it had a misleading description. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyway, uh, I was saying, um, so, like, I've sort of learned how to use that natural space case kind of weird energy. Um to my advantage and like go up to panels and hope that like people are kind of charmed by that. Um, Cause the thing is, if you're passionate, it comes through. It does. Yeah. No matter how much of a space case you are, if you really, really care, you can tell. Absolutely. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, it's ADD. Like there you get, you get fixations that are similar to autism spectrum, but it's not quite the same. Um, and anime has been such a long-running one for for me, so it's really like gratifying being able to go up and just sort of talk about what I like to talk about for forever, um, and but what I'm excited to talk about. And so I try to um, instead of like trying to have a super polished presentation, um, especially now that I have enough panel experience to be confident. Um, although people who people who know me well can tell when I'm kind of nervous. Um, but put that excitement and energy into my presentation and um, hope know that people will uh, respond to it. And not everyone does, but some people do. A lot of people do, fortunately. And that's a similar attitude that I try to bring to any interpretive program I do, whether it's an anime panel or otherwise. It's like, those people are here because they saw my title my description, and they want to learn about it. So all I have to do is transfer even just a fraction of my own enthusiasm and knowledge of the subject to them. And if I do that, it's a success. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. I I think, you know, it's it's not even uh, so much we want someone to walk out of that panel room completely 100% top-down convinced by everything we've said. But man, if I've gotten them to, to just think a little more to maybe whether they realize it or not slide that feminist lens over even if it's just jojo man i've knocked it out of the park that's all i need absolutely like and that's why that person saying to me like the way like the way you talked about that really um changed the way i look at media was just like so staggering to me it's like because that's like that's like important to me like that 
um, people really come out of it thinking about what I've said. Um, actually, I had um, one of the most incredible convention experience I've had was um, I did the Is This Feminist or Not panel and uh, Susan Napier came to yeah. it. Oh my god, yes! She And she's um, for, you know, anyone who doesn't know, she is one of the top uh, anime and manga scholars in the U.S. She's wow. literally written books on the subject. Yes. She's, so she has, cool. she's written two books on the subject. Um, she's awesome. Um, she's super nice. And she came over and like, and I had talked to her like at one of her panels before. Um, so she knew who I was and like, but she came over and she talked to me and like, she asked me if I like wanted to get coffee and chat during the oh. convention. Oh my God. And I was um, there because this was Anime Fest 2017, and just all of us who were like kind of hand on the same crowd were just like, oh, "Senpai has noticed you." <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I I that that was probably like one of my most incredible panel experiences, and an example of like what you can do if you are excited and passionate about a topic. Um, uh, sitting in a room party talking to Carl Horn passionately about how shoujo manga is has so long been underrepresented uh, from the outset of when manga was being published in the US um, I've had a lot of really awesome experiences and a lot of them were due to doing like doing panels and going out and putting myself out there um, so yeah no uh, panels are great I forgot where I started with this, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, is it is it time to talk success stories? Sounds like we're sharing some success yeah, stories, let's, y'all. Let's talk about some success stories. I mean, obviously, your success story, uh, Zach and Rini, was meeting me. Yeah, I yeah. agree. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. Legitimately. You um, kid? No, legit. Legitimately, we came home after that Otakon uh, where you like had written up about us, and we like were at Zach's parents at the time, and I like grabbed my phone. I was like, "Oh my god, Amy Fennis wrote about us." It legitimizes Guys, us. <laughs> um, That's I always think for, so weird to me. <laughs> I think for when me, people act me, treat me like a big shot. <laughs> favorite success has uh, was just was just at Anime Boston just now. Yeah. When we left the panel, we were leaving the con center after hanging out in like the game room after our panel. And we saw two people who were attending the panel and who asked us some really great questions. Really great. Who were, like, nodding super knowingly, like, as we were talking, and that felt really good. And they, they came up to us, and they were like, hey, you know, we just wanted to tell you, like, thank you so much for running the panel. We had been waiting all day for it. Um, and we kept telling ourselves, oh, we just have to survive until 1030. And we can see the panel. We just have to live. <laughs> and, and we were like, oh, my God, like, I hope it was worth it. Like, if you had to do that to yourself. And they told us that it was. And they told us that they really, really appreciated it. And that it was really great for them to, like, see this at, at their local con and to see this perspective on the series that they have loved for a very long time. Because it's something they felt about it, but hadn't heard other people talk about it. And for me, like, that's that's all I kind of want, you know, is to have these people who attend our panel just come out of it, like, being really happy they spent that time with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I I, that got me choked so, up. Aww. Oh. I was going to say, I don't know if I've had, like, something as big as, you know, dining with a major anime scholar for lunch, but most... Honestly, a lot of my panels have been, like, at least minor success stories in that people came up to me afterwards like, oh, you did a really good job, that was really interesting, or even get, like, people coming up to me randomly at the con afterwards just like, hey, you did such and such a panel, you did a really good job. Yeah, no, that's always really nice. Um, Anyone listening, don't be afraid to uh, say hi to the panelist afterwards unless they look like they have to get somewhere in in a hurry because it really does... At least for me, it really feels good. Um, and most people I know really do enjoy getting that. Uh, the biggest success story I can think of actually came from my uh, early shoujo manga panel that I just did at SakuraCon. Because um, somebody from my Twitter feed who was there was actually motivated to pick up a book, like order it from Japan after seeing that panel. And then just like, oh my god. I And they're like a, a translator. I think they work with Faku. So I was like oh, really... Oh, was it uh, Isla? Yes! Yeah. No, she's cool. And she's I, a letterer. Yes. And I was just... I I felt really good after it's like... I, I'm actually having an effect. People are going out and picking up books because of me. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now that we've done success stories, let's talk about horror stories because I've got some good ones. God, <laughs> your technical <laughs> troubles just plague you like a ghost. Oh my god, they don't stop. Well, yeah, maybe they will now that your Chromebook died. Um, the first panel that I did as an adult, uh, one of them, I was going to do it with Jared, and we were planning on doing, like, the sort of Sawbone style back and forth. He plays dumb while I talk about, uh, uh, female characters in anime. And his mic didn't work. Oh. And Jared, I love him so much. Um, I'm very much looking forward to marrying him in a month. He shut down. He no. is not the person. Oh, no. <laughs> he is not. Um, and so I was up there on my own. I was not ready to be up there on my own because the whole premise of the panel re like relied on our natural interplay. So I was like fumbling and stumbling and blah, blah, blah. and someone after and I and I got through it. And then afterwards, someone sent me a message on uh, Tumblr telling me how much they didn't like it. Aww. <laughs> Really? Because I thought with only one working mic and the shtick I balanced it on not working, it went great. So luckily, the next panel I did was a success, or else it might have really put me off of doing panels for a while. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. There was also the time that my Chromebook died literally as I was sitting down to do the panel. Oh, God. Um, I ended up using Gabba's laptop, um, and a very, luckily it was on Google Slides, so a very helpful panel worker, uh, used, uh, used their phone as a, um, well, basically for, to give me Wi-Fi. So oh, hotspot? To my actual, yeah, hotspot, thank you. Uh, made their phone a hotspot for me so that I could get onto Google Slides and do the actual presentation. Um, there was this one last, this last year or like a week ago where, uh, our screen was very tiny in the corner. Yes. And, and no one could quite figure out why they thought it was something to do with the projector at the end. People who don't do panels would be surprised how common that sort of technical stuff is. Like it's an oh issue with the cables. It's an I issue with the projector. That, I have more that have technical issues than don't. It's and that's why I've gotten so good at improv, because uh, I have gotten used to being like I need to stand up here and vamp until tech support figures out what the hell is going on, <laughs> um, which works has worked out sometimes because uh, Gerald Rothkold from Anime World Order was like, yeah, you did a great job because it was before my like uh, the female staffers in anime that I do with Rose Bridges from A and N, and. Um, so like she was like working with the staffer trying to figure out the computer. I'm just like, okay, uh, let's see. All right, what are some female anime writers? Um, okay, I'm gonna pretend to be psychic and I'm thinking really hard of a female composer. Everyone say it on the count of three: one, two, three. Yoko Kano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I've. <laughs> Which afterwards, like, that felt really good that I sort of successfully kept the panel going. And especially when there were people whose names and faces I knew in the audience. Um, and then Gerald sent me some very nice photos of us doing the panel, um, which was very nice of him. Uh, but yeah, no, technical issues are just sort of how I do it. At this point, it would be weird if you didn't have a technical issue. Yeah, it would throw your oh, energy yeah. off a little bit. You need that desperation. <laughs> yes, the, the desperation, that's a good way to put it. We've been really fortunate to not face any major technical issues. Uh, like The only horror story I can think of is like more sad than it is funny. And it was yeah. mid-panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first time we, we ran it... Uh, it was it was a really good run, and I'm really proud of it. And we and we've evolved the panel a little bit over time. Uh, but that first time, I, I uh, was just sort of didn't have a handle on my anxiety. It, it, it was just not looking good, and I was doing a pretty good job bottling it up and setting it aside. But there, there came a point. I think we were talking about the designs, uh, in which just everything was kind of overloading me. And I, I turned to Craig and I kind of just tapped him and I nodded in the direction of sort of uh, a backstage-ish area. There was an area behind the projectors. 
uh, and I kind of just had some water and I stood up and I, and I walked off and I did everything I could to keep it from looking like a total top-down freak out. And I went there and, and this is kind of my success story because when I was there, Rena, you and Craig didn't stop. Nope. Not for a single beat, not for a second. The panel continued perfectly. Yep. And hearing that and, and hearing how much I could rely on the two of you brought everything back down. It, w- it was everything a horror story could be in that I was I was this close to just dropping. And knowing I could rely on the two of you the way I do and still do to this day brought me right back. And the rest of the panel was great. Yeah, it's awesome that you guys have such a great team. It really, really is. And, yeah, uh, I can't imagine doing this by myself. You, you, you are guys killing are brave. <laughs> that was. We are pitching a, another panel, not not a criticism one for Oticon. Uh, that is just the two of us. I don't know how we're going to do it without Craig. I'm sure you'll be fine. Maybe Absolutely. they won't accept us. All right, so we're we're hitting the point where we unfortunately have to wrap up. But before we go, do you want to hear the story of when I did? sit through a whole panel and stand up and tell a guy how much I didn't like him? Yes! Alright, so this is actually written up on Heroin Problem. Um, but basically, the panel was called, like, uh, Anime, Manga, and the Male Gaze, or something like that. Um, and it was basically, the entire panel was him uh, talking about how feminists are wrong and actually it's way worse for men in anime and manga oh Oh my my god God. he was talking about how the male he called the male gaze a slippery concept and about how like it's not really uh an easy thing to really determine and then also um talked about the female gaze like it was definitely something that was very like set in stone and he showed and like talked about free Oh my god, oh, I hate when people it. use free. Oh, for Christ. Uh, he, called, uh, he called, uh, is the order a rabbit, uh, subversive? <laughs> okay. Um, some, and someone in the audience was like, how is that subversive? And, uh, and he's like, well, women don't really act like that. It's like, that's not what subversive means. <laughs> that's not no. what that means. <laughs> Um, at this point in in media, it is more subversive to have women who do act like women, right? Um, so like, and the mood in I I could feel the mood in the room, and it was very like negative and hostile towards what he was saying. And so, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and I stood up, and I was just like, this panel is bullshit. How dare you stand up in front of this room full of women and tell us that, like, oh, silly feminist, it is men who have it bad. Um, did you ever, like, actually talk to a woman while you were making this panel? <laughs> um, and I just literally, like, I called him the fuck out. <laughs> and no one ever believes this part of the story. But I literally had, like, the whole room burst into applause. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, no one- which, if you've been to a panel, you could see how that would happen. Yeah. I understand oh, how yeah. It sounds how it sounds implausible, but um, it was the kind of setting where that would happen. It's not like I just stood up in a random restaurant where everyone was minding their own business, right? Oh yeah. No. 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 <laughs> this is this that that is one of the great pleasures of this is uh, everybody just feels free to do that. So that's super believable. Um. So it was. Uh, really great like I literally like as I was walking down like walking back to my seat like this guy taps me on the shoulder and is like you are my heroine (laughs) (laughs) so that is um, the story of how I called out a dude at his own panel and then I reported him to panel ops for a misleading panel description and also showing clearly R-rated clips in a uh, PG-13 related panel which his moderator should have called him on yeah yeah should have called him on and he got blacklisted from doing panels at SakuraCon heck yes Um, alright so do you guys have anything else to add before we go Megan did you have Um, any horror stories I I can think of one I witnessed actually from last year's Otakon 
and this was one a real shame because it was a real gem of an idea. It was a Junji Ito panel talking about a uh, body hoarder and the feminine mystique talking about like Tomie. And keep in mind, this was late night Friday, like 10, 11 p.m. And there was a line, a big line for this panel. It was packed for a manga-based panel. That's cool. And it was, except that she didn't really quite finish her research and she kind no. of ran out of steam 20 minutes in like i remember um uh. th- the folks from anime world order talking about this on their podcast like they came in about those 20 minutes late and the panel was already over and she admitted it's like yeah i could have done more research about like feminism and body horror and it just made me really sad it's like uh. you had such a good idea that people wanted to see and it's just like you needed to follow through with that uh, we always keep like a, a timer on our table so we're aware if we're like way too far ahead than we were supposed to be for timing and I feel like that could have helped her out a yeah, little bit man. Well, I think just researching yeah. more ma- had to manifest another 25 minutes yeah. and, and the only other thing I will add is it, with for people out there thinking about doing panels don't worry about getting too esoteric I have literally seen a panel out there I can find this on YouTube of a guy talking about electrical lines in anime. Uh, he was He's an electrical engineer, and he's talking about, like, all the different, like, types of power lines and the stuff they carry and about, like, power networks in general. And it was really fascinating because, again, he knew his stuff. He knew what he was talking about, mm. and he managed to deliver something on something that no one would ever think about otherwise. Wow. That's so, so cool. So don't feel like you're getting too obscure. You'd be surprised what people could get into. Anything for and you, Rena? Yeah, it's only an hour. Um, I think my advice would be like, have fun with it. You know, if you're just up there going like, and this is Final Fantasy Two, Final <laughs> Fantasy Two. <laughs> no, we are roasting that guy. I am, and like, like, have a good time with it, like. Obviously, know what you're talking about, but enjoy what you're talking about, too. Don't just pitch something that you think will get you in and get you a free badge or something. Get something that you actually care about. Yeah, absolutely. Passion comes through. Um, all right. I really need to finish this up because we we pay for transcription now. So, um, oh, Jesus. Going over costs extra. Um, but it's okay because we've had some shows that go under anyway um all right so i'm gonna close this out uh if you like the show go check us out on or no stop all right all right thank you so much to zach rinnie and megan for coming over and chatting with us if you like the show go check us out on our website animefeminist.com if you really like us check out our patreon we have some really ambitious projects that we would love to do to grow as a website including going to conventions more and doing some more panels of our own but we really do need financial support for that every little bit helps even a dollar a month uh you can also check out our twitter our tumblr or on facebook thanks for listening any fam and remember to stay hydrated <laughs>